I pity the fool goes home crying to his mama. We were on double secret probation, whatever that is. Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about family. Family is always an interesting topic. Obviously, everybody's got their own family. Everybody's got their own relationships with their family. Everybody comes from a different environment. I think we'd like to think that there are universal truths that apply to all families. But in my life, I've learned that's not the case. Every family is different. I mean, there are certain things that apply across the board. I think it's the law that every dad has to make dad jokes. There's a manual. It's in there. I think there's a law that every mom has that passive-aggressive burn just under the surface that she can smack you with when you need it. But the family unit, it's an interesting unit, man. It's really interesting how everybody's family is different. And so I'm going to talk a little about that today. I'm going to tell stories about my family. I'm going to share some of my views about family. And I hope maybe it gives you some things to think about, too. I mean, family is the most important thing to me. But when I say family, you're going to hear it the way you think of family and not necessarily the way I mean family. Because family, for me, is very different than it probably is for you. Now, when I'm talking about family these days, I'm talking about Mrs. Gamer Dude and my kids. That's family. I lost my parents a few years ago, so, I mean, they were family. And their memory is part of the family fabric. And, of course, thanks to Mrs. Gamer Dude, I have my in-laws now and my brother-in-law. And they count as family, too. They're not as immediate, but they count. But immediate family for me is Mrs. Gamer Dude and my kids. And actually, one of the motivating factors behind this podcast was I wanted to pass on the stories of my childhood and my parents and my parents' childhood, to the extent that I know anything about it, to my kids. And one of the reasons that I chose the podcast as a way to do that is in the era that we're living in, everything is digital, everything is a soundbite. Everything is a YouTube video. Everything is on Twitter. But at least you can find that stuff. And I figure if I put these stories up in a podcast, someday, maybe my kids will look for them. But one of the other motivating factors behind the podcast is that my other family, my online family, the family that I've chosen from all the people that I've gotten to know over the years, my online family also actually expressed an interest in these stories. And so it's a way to pass these stories on to share them with people who are actually interested in hearing them. I mentioned my online family. That family, that online family, that family of friends, whatever you want to call it, that's the family we choose for ourselves, the people that we want to be with, the people we want to share time with. And I think that's as valid a family concept as the blood family we all grew up with and that we read about in the storybooks. Because in a lot of cases, and for a lot of people, the family we choose for ourselves... Turns out to be much more supportive, much more loving, much more caring than any blood family you might have. But getting back to the reasons for the podcast, everybody has stories they tell. Every family has stories that get passed on from generation to generation. One of our family stories involves my grandmother, my mother's mom, when she burned her eyebrows off lighting the oven. Yes, that's a legitimate story. The background to it is this. My mother and my grandmother both had gas stoves. My mother's gas stove had an automatic pilot light, so when you turn the heat on, it would automatically light. 
But my mother forgot that my grandmother didn't have an automatic pilot light. So she went to turn on the oven. And if you know anything about gas stoves, when you turn on the oven and don't light the pilot light, the oven fills with gas. And gas is flammable. Now, I was just a little kid. I don't remember all of the details, but because the story was so well told and so often told in our family, I know the facts of the story. And what happened is my grandmother discovered that my mother had turned on the oven and not lit the pilot light. So the oven was filling up with gas. And my grandmother, quick in a hurry, ran over there with a match, opened the door, lit the match, and a little bit of an explosion happened in the kitchen and burned my grandmother's eyebrows off. Oh yeah, we could laugh at it years later. At the time, I'm sure it was a very scary thing. I was present when this happened. All I remember of the incident was the as the oven erupted some kind of flaming ball and singed my grandmother's eyebrows off. Yeah, it sounds serious, and it was, but it became a comical story in the family for all of my life. And what would happen is we'd sit around at the family gatherings, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, getting together for Easter, whatever the gathering was, and somebody would bring up, do you remember the time when Grandma burned her eyebrows off? Oh yeah, that was Gamer Dude Mom. She did that. And it would get retold year after year until it just became part of the fabric of the family. It became part of the family lore. My dad was a great storyteller. And when we'd get together either for the holidays or just getting together for some Chinese food over the summer, we'd sit down and we'd visit and we'd have our conversations about what's going on. But we could always get dad to tell some of his stories. And I've given you a couple of those stories here in different episodes of the podcast. If you remember the story from a couple of seasons ago of my dad pretending to be a botanist so he could get these plants on a plane so he could get them home and put them in a vase in our house. That was one of my dad's best stories. So these stories were preserved for years because we just told them over and over again. And my dad could tell a story. His timing was impeccable. He did accents. He did voices. It was like a comedy routine when my dad would tell a story. Me, I'm a little more of a raconteur than an actor. I just tell the story. I throw a couple of voices in. I mean, my mother always makes an appearance. My mother doesn't sound like this, but this is the way her voice is. Because as soon as you hear that, you know it's Gamer Dude's mom. But the reason that I wanted to put the stories in the podcast form is because we don't have get-togethers now like we used to. Our get-togethers are more virtual these days. Exchanging text messages. An occasional Skype call. Sometimes it's FaceTime on the phone. But when I was growing up and in my 20s and in my 30s, a get-together meant traveling to mom and dad's house, sometimes bringing food, sometimes just bringing snacks, but then making a day of it, basically. Leave my house at noon, get there at 1, spend 4 or 5 hours, have some food, hang out, watch a show, and chat. Then after 4 or 5 hours, hop in the car and head for home. And 4 or 5 hours, usually the minimum amount of time. And during those four or five hours, while you're chatting and getting updated on what's going on in the world, you have time to tell those stories. You have time to listen to those stories. But these days, the past 10, 15 years, there's a lot less, everybody get in the car, go visit mom and dad, go visit Uncle Ted and Aunt Alice. You don't go someplace and just hang out for four or five hours. Some still do, but not many. It's different now. So you don't have that block of time where you're telling your stories, remembering things, sharing memories. It's just different. So that's why I put the podcast together. The stories are there for my family, my online family, my friends, and anybody else who wants to know what it was like growing up when I was a kid. Because a lot of the stuff that I went through is a shared experience with anybody my age. 
If you look back at some of the earlier episodes I've done, whether it's talking about telephones or that first date phone call or going to the mall or going to the movies, a lot of the stuff that I've talked about, I've talked about because it doesn't exist now. So I kind of want to keep those stories out there. I want to keep those memories out there for my kids, for you, for anybody who wants to hear about this stuff. It's important stuff because it kind of gives a framework for why the world is the way it is these days. My family growing up was very different from other families in my neighborhood. I mean, you know, it was a mom and a dad and kids. Across the street, it was a mom and dad and two kids. That was Ray's family. Vinny's family, a mom and a dad and two kids. The next door neighbor, a mom and a dad and four kids. We were a mom and dad and three kids. And we all would have family get-togethers in our own styles and the way we would do them. Some families have big outdoor barbecues. Some have big pool parties. Some have more laid back. Everybody get together, sit in the living room, have a chat, and then go home. That was us. And everybody also has a different way of handling their extended family. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents, cousins. And a lot of the way that works is as a result of how the parents make it happen. When I was a kid, my mom's sister was married and had two kids. It was my mom's older sister. Her kids were older than I am. And we would occasionally get together with them. They lived in upstate New York, relatively close to where my mom's mom lived. A good four or five hours away from where we lived, at least. So we didn't see them very often. But we would see them occasionally. I've talked about my cousins in other episodes. I've talked about my aunt and uncle in other episodes. I really liked my aunt and uncle. I really thought my cousins were cool. They were older than me. I was the oldest in my family. My cousins were four and six years older than me. Something like that. So they could do things that I couldn't do. They had a more mature outlook because they were older. They could drive before I could drive. They could do cool things before I could do cool things. Plus, they were just innately cool. It was always cool cousin Steve and cool cousin Jeff. I just thought of them as guys that I'd like to get to know and hang out with. But I never got the chance because of the way my family was. My family kept things relatively distant. We didn't have weekly get-togethers. We didn't make a monthly pilgrimage up north. We didn't even make an annual pilgrimage up north. We'd go see my grandmother maybe once a year after we moved to New Jersey. I don't remember seeing them when I was young. We moved to New Jersey when I was like four or five. Before that, we lived in upstate New York for a brief period of time, and I don't remember what happened at four or five. I'm lucky to remember what happened at four or five o'clock, let alone what happened when I was four or five years old. But I do remember wanting to spend time with my cousins. And I do remember once or twice they came to visit us in New Jersey. And those visits stick out because they were so rare. But the way my mom and dad were, we didn't make trips and we didn't invite them down, I guess. I'm assuming. We just didn't get together. And it wasn't just my mom's side. My dad had two sisters. I've told you about Aunt Audrey and Uncle John. Aunt Audrey lived at home with her mom until she met Uncle John after he arrived to our planet from Jupiter in case you forgot those stories or didn't hear them. Oh yeah, my Uncle John, older guy, wanted to endear himself to us kids, so swore to us he was from Jupiter. But my dad had another sister. She was married. They had three daughters. So I had three cousins on that side of the family. I think we went to their house one time in my entire life. One time. I think they came to my grandmother's house maybe twice in my entire life. Maybe. I can think of one time for sure. Now, that's extended family. That's my grandmother. That's my aunt. That's my cousins. That's extended family to me. But I had no relationship with extended family on either side. Now, over the years, I learned that that aunt was kind of estranged from the family. I don't know why. 
And that's one of the weird things about family, at least as far as my parents are concerned. I never learned why. I never got the details about why that aunt was estranged, why she didn't get along with my grandmother. I mean, I know why people didn't get along with my grandmother. I knew my grandmother. It was very easy not to get along with her. But that aunt was the black sheep in the family. And I don't think my grandmother wanted to have anything to do with her because of something that happened who knows how long ago. But it's not something that I ever learned about. It's not something my dad ever talked about. It's not something my grandmother ever said anything about. It was just the estranged aunt and her husband and three kids. And we never saw them. So for me, that's my extended family. And I never saw them. It may be five times total for each set of cousins. And back when I was growing up, we didn't go to mom and dad and say, hey, can I go hang out with my cousins? It just didn't happen. It wasn't a thing that we did. It's just the way it was. Now, there was a bonus visit with my cousins. Actually, there was two bonus visits with my cousins. This is Cool Cousin Steve and Cool Cousin Jeff. My mom's sister invited me up when I was 11. And somehow or other, she and my mom agreed that I would go up and visit and hang out for a week, which was awesome. Also scary because I'd never been away from the house by myself, ever. But it was family, it was my aunt, it was my cool cousins. So, despite my misgivings, the way I remember it, because there was two trips. There was one when I was 11, and one when I was 13. The trip when I was 11, my recollection is, the family went up to visit my grandmother, my mom's mom. And my aunt and uncle came and picked me up there, and drove me to their house. And then the plan was I was going to spend a week there, and then they were going to drive me to the halfway point between their house and our house in New Jersey and dropped me off. Now, again, I was 11, sheltered, shy, not quite the introverted fat kid I would become in a couple of years, but still kind of introverted and nervous about being away from home. But it was family. It was okay. And so I went to visit my aunt and my uncle, and I got to spend time with my cool cousins when I was a kid. Now, my aunt and uncle had a huge hunk of property up in upstate New York, just outside of Rochester, a town called Brockport. They had 13 acres woodland, open field. This is the place, if you remember the episode about driving, where I learned to drive. Yes, at 11, they put me behind the wheel of a Ford Bronco, and I was in my glory, and that's where my love for cars started. Didn't have to be a Bronco, although that would have been cool, but just being behind the wheel and driving someplace, oh man, I fell in love with it on that trip. But I also discovered my cousins were into cars. They had their own garage there, working on cars, working on motorcycles, working on vehicles. It was cool, man. It was cool. 11-year-old gamer dude in his glory. Wow, what a life. And although I did fight with some homesickness while I was there, it was awesome. I loved that trip. I loved that trip so much that they planned another trip when I was 13. Now, this trip went a little differently. My sister had to go along on this trip. Now, when I was 13, my sister was like 10 or 11. So that's right in the heart of the period where you're starting to not like your siblings. So I didn't want to go up with my sister. I just wanted to go by myself. But I had to take my sister. And my sister and I were close. But I wanted to go hang with my cool cousins. But I brought my sister. Not like I had a choice. But this time they put us on a bus. My sister and I traveled by Greyhound bus. Yes, a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old on a Greyhound bus by themselves. This is how things were back in the day. And nobody worried about it. We were responsible enough to take care of ourselves. We weren't going to get into any trouble. We were just going to go visit my aunt. What could happen? That was the mentality. And nothing did happen. We made it. We spent a week. It was great. But those are the only two times in my life that I spent any extended time with extended family. We didn't have reunions. We didn't have get-togethers. We didn't go to football games. We didn't go on vacations together. 
We would occasionally get together at my grandmother's house for Thanksgiving or Easter, and that was it. Now, I don't know if that's because my mother had issues with her sister. I mean, I know that she did, but again, not one of those things that my mother talked about. I didn't have a sit down with my mother and she would say, well, my sister was blah, 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 blah. We never had that conversation. Maybe we should have, but I'm sure it was just, you know, sibling rivalry of some kind, but I don't know. So I don't know if my mother didn't want to spend time with her sister or if her sister didn't want to spend time with her. I don't know. And the same with my father and his two sisters. I know he was in contact with the black sheep sister and I know he visited with her and I know he helped her and I know he helped her cousins, but I didn't know it at the time. I only discovered after he died and I was going through his files and his papers and I saw that he was in contact with her regularly, but I never knew that. That was a surprise to me. And he was obviously in contact with Aunt Audrey and Uncle John because he had to be because they were still living with his mother. But I also know that he was not close to Aunt Audrey. I mean, they were as close as close can be, but they were not best buddies. And so I'm sure that's why we didn't do any barbecues with them unless we had to. I'm sure we didn't make any spontaneous trips out there. What we did was the obligatory, we haven't seen them in six months, we better get together, visit. So that's probably why my view of extended family is the way it is. I don't mind extended family. I love family. I love spending time with my in-laws. I love spending time with my brother-in-law. We get along. We tell stories. Sure, we have personality differences in certain situations, but it's nice to spend time with family. Even if you don't agree about everything, it's nice to have people who are interested in hanging out with you. It's also nice when there's no sense of obligation. And maybe that's where the difference is. In some families, I know from friends, I know from people that I've talked to, in some families, there's this sense of obligation. I have to go visit every week, or I have to go visit every month. Whether it's a dinner, whether it's a breakfast, we have to do it. And having to do things that you're not interested in doing can create feelings of animosity, anger, frustration. And I think that's why so many people get so bent out of shape around the holidays or the monthly barbecue, or the weekly trip to church, or whatever it is, I can understand people getting stressed out about that because they're doing something they don't want to do. Hanging with family is much better when it's something you want to do. I never sat down to talk to my parents about why they didn't want to hang out with their siblings or with their parents. And that's one of the conversations that I wish I had had. I mean, as a young adult, I would go visit my parents because I wanted to visit my parents. I didn't always agree with everything they had to say. I didn't always agree with their attitudes, but I did enjoy hanging out with them. I did enjoy their stories. I did enjoy sharing my stories with them. I always enjoyed when we had the family together. My siblings would usually come for the holidays. We always had a good time. We always had good conversation. I enjoyed those times, but I never sat down to ask my parents, why don't you enjoy hanging out with your parents? What happened? Part of the reason that I didn't ask that question is that's the kind of question that's always hard to ask your parents. For whatever reason, you always have that parental child conflict in there. Your parents brought you up so you treat them with a certain deference, a certain kind of respect. You don't pry into their background. But by not doing that, you don't have all of the information that you would from, let's say, a coworker who is the same age as your parents. I knew more about coworkers than I did about my parents because my coworkers were willing to talk about it. Not only were my parents not willing to talk about things like that, but the relationship that we had was such that I didn't feel comfortable raising the questions. And so that's one of the things that I tried to change in my relationship to my kids. 
I've always tried to make it easy for my kids to approach me with whatever they wanted to talk about. And if they had a question, I've always encouraged them to ask it. I don't always guarantee that I'll give them the answer that they want, but I always try to keep the door open for communication. I never got that from my parents. And the few times that I tried to talk seriously to my dad, a lot of times he would just shut me down. Even right up into the end. My dad had gotten sick. I haven't gone into a lot of detail about that. We'll probably talk about that in a future episode. But he was sick towards the end. And I was trying to help him. And so as part of trying to help him, I was trying to communicate with him. And some of the things that I was communicating to him, he didn't want to hear. And he would shut me down. I mean, one of the prime examples was we were in the hospital. And the nurse said to him, well, you should eat this and this and this. And you shouldn't eat this and this and this. It'll be much better for you. And the nurse left the room and my dad looked at me and said, I'll eat what I goddamn well want to eat. And that was it. That was it. That was my dad. And after we left the hospital and I went shopping for him and bought him food and these are the things that they recommended, Dad, you should try these. Here's a great loaf of whole wheat bread for your sandwiches. It'll be much better for you. And my dad looked at it and he said, did you get white bread too? And that's it. That's the conversation. So the point of all this is simply this. Whatever kind of relationship you have with your family, try to keep it an open relationship. Try to communicate. Try to appreciate each other. When you have those get-togethers, have some conversations. Remember the good times. Tell the stories about when you were a kid. As you get older and as your parents get older, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Because there's going to be a time where you won't be able to get those answers. If you want to know why Aunt Betty never comes for Christmas, ask them. Or you're an adult. Reach out for Aunt Betty yourself. Send her a little note. Send her an email. Hi, Aunt Betty. Just wanted to touch base with you. Now, I'm not saying beat your head against a wall. If your parents shut you down, if Aunt Betty shut you down, it's okay to go, all right, I guess I won't know. But there's nothing wrong with trying. It helps you know where you came from. It helps you stay in contact with your roots. And it helps keep some of those cool family stories alive. I love the stories about my grandmother and her eyebrows and my dad, the botanist, and my cousin riding in the back seat of the Bronco as I learned how to drive. These are all stories that I love. I love having them in my memory. I love sharing them with my family. I love sharing them with you. They're part of who I am. And the stories of your family are part of who you are. So don't forget to hold on to them. Don't forget to dig them out. Don't forget to remember them. That's the important stuff in life. So hold on to it. I mentioned reaching out to family. I've also mentioned in other episodes of the podcast that I'm not super close with my siblings anymore. That's still the case. I've tried to reach out over the years. But as I said, there's no sense banging your head against the wall. Reach out, make your efforts, but it's also okay to move on because you're allowed to live your life on your terms. Sure, it's nice to have family in it if family wants to be in it, but it's also perfectly okay to define the terms of your own family and who you want in it. I'm not saying you should sacrifice yourself for what's important to you for the sake of an extended family, for the sake of Aunt Betty who doesn't want to deal with you. I'm just saying it's okay to make the effort, but it's also okay to go, okay, that's all there is, and move on. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of things. As always, I can't thank you enough for your time and your support. I really do appreciate it. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.